Hello, and welcome to Inspire by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with my dear friend, Emily Jaminette. Hello. We're so excited about this program. Well, thanks, Emily. It is so great to be in the studio and representing the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference on this amazing program where we're here to help inspire you by our Catholic faith, to grow in your faith, to love your faith, to know your faith. So we are really excited today to dive in. We are going to share a little bit from John Paul II's Letter to Women. We're going to have a guest speaker. We have Danielle Bean on the line with us today, and we're going to talk about some of our saint friends during this program. So we're super excited to to share this all with you and to tell you a little bit um, about why we're even doing this show. So, you know, we started... Uh, thinking about how we wanted to help support women during this um, challenging time and and always growing in our faith. So we were honored that St. Gabriel would host us to have these little programs so we can inspire you. And our name came from our conference theme in 2019. So Inspired by Faith is actually from John Paul II in, in his letter to women. And he talks about how uh, the feminine genius and how the great line of women martyrs, saints, and famous mystics were all inspired by faith and responsible for initiatives of extraordinary social importance. Well, Michelle, you know, in 1995, St. John Paul II at the time, Pope John Paul II, wrote a letter to women. In this letter, I'm, I'm sure you can remember the first time you read it. I was a college student at the time. I read the letter and I was taken back, literally, by the Pope thanking women for what they've done in the church. It is phenomenal. So we're going to go ahead and read um, the beginning of each section of this letter. And I encourage the listeners, and we'll continue to talk about the importance of this letter, to always dive in and read it yourselves. But the letter begins, I would not like to speak directly. I would now like to speak directly to every woman to reflect with her on the problems and the prospects of what it means to be a woman in our time. In particular, I wish to consider the essential issue of the dignity and rights of women as seen in the light of the word of God. So then he goes on to talk about how he wants to give thanks. Thanks to the Lord for the mysterious plan regarding the vocation and mission of women in this world. And he first thanks women who are mothers. He says, thank you, women who are mothers. You have sheltered human beings within yourself in a unique experience of joy and travail. Well, and, you know, next he thanks wives. Isn't that amazing? He thanks women that have made that commitment to their husbands, a relationship of mutual giving as the service of love and life. And he goes on to thank women who are daughters and women who are sisters. Isn't that all of us? We're daughters and sisters to everyone in our, in our church family. And the heart of the family and then of all society, you bring richness of your sensitivity, your intuitiveness, and your generosity and fidelity. And thank you, women who work. You are present and active in every area of life, social, economic, cultural, artistic, and political. So he goes on to just affirm our dignity in such a way, including our contributions that we've made in establishing economic and political structures and making even more worthy of humanity. And then he can't, you know, he goes on to list our wonderful, beautiful sisters, the consecrated women. And he, he says, thank you for following the example of the greatest of women, 
Mary, mother of Jesus Christ, the incarnate word. You open yourselves with obedience and fidelity to the gift of God's love. And he thanks us then all women for just being women. And I think that is such a a gift for us to hear as women, because we don't hear that often that thank you for being a woman. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your authenticity. Thank you for your honesty. And at the end, um, he touches on I like this sentence, he touches on the genius of women. And he says, not only by considering great and famous women of our past or present, but also those ordinary women who reveal the gift of their womanhood by placing themselves at the service of others in everyday life. I mean, isn't that, that is, you know, our lot in life to be at the service of others. And it's how we find our true vocation, our true call to holiness is in the service to other people. Well, I think as women too, a lot of times we can think, well, somebody else can do it, or there was a saint who did that. Or, you know, I remember reading about that amazing woman in history, but it's really a call for us, even in our ordinariness, to be extraordinary. And isn't that what inspiration is? It's taking those steps and living your life in a way that's ordinary, but with Christ, everything's made an extraordinary. And this um, story of the Women's Conference here in Columbus is a great example to, you know, ordinary women. I think about you as the director, our board members, you know, all the hundreds of volunteers we've had over the course of a year but a beautiful fruit that came from that conference. And it's just, as you know, a real privilege and a, and a calling to go forth and live that inspiration each and every day. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just look at all of us. We are just wives and mothers and some are single women and some are married and we're all in different places in our lives. And we just gave our little yes. Everybody gave a little yes to do one job. And when we all can work together, what an amazing thing we can do for God. And I think that's what we see with the conference and it touches so many lives. And nobody is superwoman that's on the conference team, but we really just want to do what God is asking us and just taking those little yeses and opens the doors to evangelization. Well, and isn't, Michelle, all the women that we just went through, the vocation of consecrated, single, married, you know, daughters of the, of the Lord, like that was everyone represented on those days of the conference. So I think it's a great reminder that every woman is welcome to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to share the gospel. And that's what I'm excited about this show. But I'm really excited about our guest on the line. (laughs) I know, me too. We are so honored and so delighted to bring in our friend Danielle Bean. So if you don't know uh, of Danielle, you might be living under a rock, but no, she's a brand manager for Catholic Mom. She was the former publisher and editor-in-chief of Catholic Digest, the creator and host of The Gist, which is a really cool women's TV talk show on Catholic TV. She's off authored several books, 15, is, I'm, I'm, I'm nine, I lost track, um, including Small Steps for Catholic Moms, Momnipotent, The Women's manual, manual, and You Are Worth It. She's also creator and host of the popular Girlfriends podcast, which Emily and I have both been honored to be guests on, and is a popular speaker on a variety of subjects related to Catholic family life, parenting, marriage, and the spirituality of motherhood. Now, you know what? What I love about Danielle is that she's also a wife and mom of what I believe is eight children. So she's living it. And I can't wait to hear, Danielle, from you exactly. How'd we do on your bio? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> no, that was pretty accurate. Yes, yeah, so the number is nine books and eight kids. Those are my stats. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. I love it. 
Well, Danielle, we know you have been sharing your gifts and talents with the church for many years. I know you've been a huge inspiration to me and, and Emily. So we want to hear a little bit what, what you've been working on lately. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when you were reading that letter from St. John Paul II, I mean, that's I, I've read it, you know, so many times, and yet I always just love to hear it again with new ears, because we need that reminder, don't we? And truly, that's the inspiration for all the work that I do. I'm always focused on women, building women up in their identity as daughters of God, reminding each other of our worth, of our dignity and our worth, of the worthiness of our motherhood, all the different ways that we express that, the different ways we all answer that vocation to motherhood physically and spiritually and emotionally, just caring for the people that God places in our lives. So that's what all of my books are about. That's what my podcast is focused on, bringing women together with other women. And um, at CatholicMom.com, which is now my full-time work, that's my day job these days, um, that's, again, just that building of community online. You both are just wonderful contributors over there at CatholicMom.com. We're so grateful for your contributions to the website and the community at large, all the different ways we're connecting through social media. But truly, that's the, that's what the heart of everything that I do, everything that I share, all the work that I do inside of the church and inside of my local community is very much focused on women, building women up in the their identity as daughters of God and reminding them of their dignity and of their worth. One of my favorite things I really admire about you, Danielle, is you're a bridge builder. You are a connector. You're a person that brings everyone to the table. And it's just um, very evident in your work and what you've done with the Catholic Mom Summit, the online conference, where, you know, you've invited different women to share their story and and everyone has a place. So I, I just want to insert how that really has impacted both us, you know, Michelle and I and and women um, all over the world. Now, in the Women's oh. Manual, you wrote, every woman is uniquely made for the art of self-giving, genuous, nat- nurturing love. These feminine strengths come from God and are manifested in each of us in unique ways, depending upon what God calls us to do and manner in which we respond to that call. So tell us a little bit about that quote. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what, you know, what is the woman's manual? What, what was your intention of writing that book? And, you know, where, where do we go from there? Yeah, well, the, the series of manuals from TAM Books is really just this awesome resource. So there are all these, it's a series of books. I don't know how many they have now. It might be close to a dozen. But they're all kind of focused on different topics, different states of life. And the way it's structured is in the beginning, there's like an, an opening essay kind of uh, thoughts for reflection from an author. And that's that's the part that I was blessed to have the opportunity to write for the Manual for Women. So in that, I wrote very much about this universal call to motherhood. Like, what does that mean? Like, what can that possibly mean? Especially for somebody who might be single in there, you know, or they have a religious vocation or, you know, they, they feel like perhaps motherhood is something that other people are called to. But St. John Paul II tells us that every woman is called to motherhood. And what that means is we have these unique feminine gifts like compassion, sensitivity, and nurturing love and generosity. And we're, we're called to use these gifts to just love 
and serve the people God places in our lives. It's as simple as that. I love to talk about motherhood as a verb, to mother. We're all called to mother the people that God places in our lives. Women are uniquely gifted to do that. And that shifts and changes throughout your lifetime. Even if you are called to a very you know traditional concept of what motherhood looks like, you're raising small kids in your home, well, that's not going to be forever. And your kids are going to change. Their needs are going to change. The people that God places in your life are going to change. But what I have found uh, to be key, and this is what I tried to underscore inside the Manual for Women, is being focused on what God's calling me to do right now with these unique feminine gifts He has given me. In what unique ways am I being called to love and serve the people that God has placed in my life? And a beautiful way you can do that is by reflecting on people who've been a mother to you and how you can extend that gift to other people inside of your life. How have other people made you feel uniquely known and loved and seen in a time when you really needed it? Well, in this world, we sure need a lot more building up and a lot more love, right? So that's um, definitely inspiring. Yes, and you're, you are listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette, and we have our guest on the line, Danielle Bean. So, Danielle, we want to talk a little bit about your book, You're Worth It, because, you know, let's talk about that title. You know, why do women need to be told you're worth it? I mean, I know, uh, I remember one year at the conference, Someone passed a note to uh, to me, and she said, "The woman said, I don't deserve to be here." And I think oh. that some women feel that they they don't they aren't worth it, and they they don't be, deserve to be in that arena, or they don't deserve any love. So, share a little bit about that that book and that title. Yeah, I mean that is such an important message for women to hear. And you know, when I when I put out that book, I my, my sons especially were kind of laughing at me, like that's so hokey. What a what a corny title. And I said, you do not understand just how much every woman needs to be built up inside of who she is and how worth worthy she is as a daughter of God, because there's so much about our culture that in subtle and not-so-subtle ways puts women down or tells us we're only worth as much as our good looks or our sexiness or, or our youth and these things that are fleeting. And that can be very degrading to women, and that can, can end up making you feel less than. It can really... Um, a, become something that becomes a hindrance inside of your relationships with the people that God places in your life, with your, you know, your coworkers, with your family, with your husband. So we always need to be reminding one another as women of our dignity and our worth as daughters of God. Sometimes we can get caught up in this idea of we need to earn God's love, and, and that's a uniquely feminine problem. I mean, there probably are some men who struggle with that, but I think women especially struggle with that. The idea that we need to be doing all the time. We need to be, you know, somehow accomplishing enough tasks to be worthy of God's love. But what we need to remind each other, and you both do such a beautiful job of this in all of the work that you share in the books that you've written together, and especially through the Women's Conference, of drawing women together and just connecting about our shared gifts and affirming those gifts in one another, affirming our identity as daughters of God, and affirming the fact that none of us can earn God's love. We aren't worthy because of anything we might ever do. We are worthy because 
God made us, because we are. And just remembering, you know, that, that gospel story, Mary and Martha, where Jesus reminds Martha so gently that all of her doing, as worthy and as, you know, good as it might be, and the things that we do, thanks be to God, we do them, right? We women are important to our families and to our communities. But however good the stuff is that you're doing, you can't earn God's love, and that what He values most is you, just you, just you as you are, your presence, sitting at his feet and listening and wanting to be connected with your Lord and Creator, the way that Mary gives us that example in that gospel story. I love how you end that um, section of the book. You wrote, God loves you. God calls you. He made you for greatness and you are enough. So that is such a great quote to, for women to just ponder on that. You are enough. You are you're made for greatness. You know, so share a little bit about, about that, too, because that, that's awesome. Yeah, well, okay, so then the the follow-up book to You're Worth It is You Are Enough, because that very much is the message that we need to hear, that we need to know, we need to be reminded of as women that we are enough. There's so much about our culture that keeps us feeling like we always need to be continually striving, that we're not enough. We're never going to be thin enough or rich enough or pretty enough or own enough stuff, right? That if we listen to our commercial culture, like that's trying to sell us cosmetics or diet programs or a new car or an upgraded house and all these things that our world tells us is what's going to lead to our, our you know, lasting sense of peace and fulfillment and joy. You know, those are worldly lies that our culture tells us. But our church tells us something different, and that's what's underscored inside of that letter from St. John Paul II that you opened with, the idea that God loves us, and we are enough, we are worthy just as we are, and that who we are is a gift to the world. And, to you know, we need to remind each other of that. We women are uniquely capable of affirming that truth for one another. You may not believe it when you try to tell yourself it, but you will believe it when your sister, when your good girlfriend reminds you of it, and then you can be that same gift and reminder to her. That's why events like the Conference for Women are so important, because it brings women together in each other's physical presence. Please, God, let us be back in each other's physical presence in sometime in the near future so that we can connect about these important truths and remind each other of them. You bring such a, you bring so many great points. Thank you so much, Danielle. And I think, um, my takeaway is just build women up, build up your family, build up your, your loved ones, build up your coworkers, you know, those that you, that you work in the vineyard of the Lord with. So thank you so much for your inspiring words and an opportunity to connect and, you know, share with us what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you personally and, and all of your work and all of everything you're involved in. Oh, sure. So the easiest thing to do is go to daniellebean.com. You'll get lots of information there. You could sign up for my weekly newsletter or uh, check out my books or my podcast or um, all the other stuff that I've got going on. But also I want to invite everyone listening to become a part of the catholicmom.com community. It's a beautiful, faith-filled, supportive, and encouraging network of women there. And there are all different ways that we're connecting on social media and through daily blogs and prayer support. And we'd love to have you join us there at catholicmom.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. I know you've always been such a great inspiration to me from back in the days of, you know, Faith and Family podcast to to current. <laughs> so thank you for your witness. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for inspiring our faith. Thank you so much for having me. I always love to connect with both of you. You're two inspiring, amazing women. God bless you. Bye.
Well, you are listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette, and we're in our last segment of the show here, and we're going to talk about what we like to call the Sisterhood of the Saints. We're going to inspire you next with some of these amazing women that have gone before us, that have blazed a trail of holiness that can inspire us, women who have lived in you know our century, our, our time and day, and that know have lived out that that call to holiness. And today we're going to talk about our friend, St. Faustina. Well, St. Faustina, we have two books on St. Faustina. Our first project that we ever worked on together was Divine Mercy for Moms. And it was such a privilege for us to write this book together and talk and learn about St. Faustina and see these parallels in our life and in our, our friendship at the time. Michelle and I, you know, as we were finding these connections of of what her life looked like. And then um, our friend Faustina, realizing that other women also have had this contact. But, you know, who is St. Faustina? She was a simple sister who grew up in Poland, who has an extraordinary, really um, calling from the Lord to be the great apostle of divine mercy, where Jesus appeared to her. And he gave her such a tremendous mission where he shared a very, maybe five-fold message of the importance of divine mercy, not only for her, but that message to be spread all around the world. The image of divine mercy where he peered to her and asked this image to be painted. And, you know, like we like to say in divine mercy for moms, you know, this is the selfie Jesus leaves us. He wants us to remember him as an all merciful and loving God with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. In the message of divine mercy, we have a diary. You know, Michelle and I read the diary every day through the daily uh, digest from what? The Marians. Marians, yes. And, you know, reading even a little bit of the diary every day, I see such a connection in my life and where I need to grow and where my heart needs to change and really be an ambassador of mercy where we go forth, we spread this. And lastly, the chaplet of divine mercy. So I think I covered it. Now, what do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I know. You got a lot of those parts. And, you know, St. Faustina was a poor, born into a poor family, born in 1905. You know, she didn't have very much. But what we love about St. Faustina is there were so many people who shared how she was just funny and she was very um, brilliant. And she, even though she wasn't highly educated, some of the sisters called her the lawyer because she would... Um, argue so so well with them but but not in, in in a mean way but in everyone actually wanted to sit by her and she did but she did just simple jobs because she was in there was different parts of her order and they called them choirs not singing choirs but you know the educated sisters the sisters who had money they were in the first choir and they their the mission of their order was to re-educate and uh, reintegrate women who were prostitutes back into society so the educated sisters took the actual education of these women in their hands but Sister Faustina and the sisters who were uneducated were the ones who did the laundry, they did the cooking, and they did all kinds of just menial tasks, doorkeeping, you know, that type of thing. So they did a lot of work that we as women um, are all used to doing. And Sister Faustina really wrote about this amazing experience she had when she was in the convent. And one of her jobs was to steam off the potatoes, so pour the water off after you boiled the potatoes. And the pots were really heavy. And she was a sickly um, young woman. She had struggled with tuberculosis for many years. So she said that she prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, this is so hard for me to pour off these 
the potatoes and the pot and the Lord promised her he was going to make this work light for her. So she said that next night and I went to, to the kitchen and I poured off the potatoes and it poured off so easily. It was such an easy job. She said, and when it, when I took the lid off, instead of potatoes in the pot, there were beautiful roses. And she said, the Lord said to her then in her heart, I changed such hard work of yours into bouquets of the most beautiful flowers and their perfume rises up to my throne. And I know Emily and I, this has been one of our favorite stories, right? When we share about St. Faustina, because what we do matters. Um, And I know when we wrote Divine Mercy for Moms, we were so blessed that Father Michael Gately wrote the foreword for us. And he went right in in the introduction and said, you know, I want you to know that what the world sees as unimportant is most important to the Lord. And how important are mothers? Well, I believe in this time of mercy, God wants to use them to help save the world. Absolutely. And, and really, it's motherhood like and even Danielle highlights it's spiritual motherhood. We're all called to love others with those maternal um, ways, the loving, the kindness, the generosity. And, you know, Michelle, I'm so glad you shared the potato pot story because it absolutely inspires us. It can be found right in the diary at 65. So, you know, these are real stories. And we just um, definitely think, you know, there's a connection between real life inspiration, such as Danielle and hearing her story, a mom up in Connecticut and what she's been able to accomplish as extraordinary or the simple tasks of St. Faustina pouring off the potatoes. But one of the things, you know, we can't highlight enough is that St. Faustina said many times she'd rather be a life behind the grill of contemplation, right? We've talked about how it was hard for her because she wanted to spend more time with the Lord, but she was called to this life of service. So, you know, may we never begrudge the areas or where we are in our life, but instead embrace it, offer it up, be sanctified. And with that, you know, our closing prayer that we're going to close today with is something that is really impacted both of us. It's been an opportunity for conversion. It comes right out of the diary of St. Faustina. It's called the prayer of divine transformation from within. So we are going to um, close with this prayer. And when you are praying this prayer, you know, think about, we're going to say the word neighbor seven times. So I just want our audience to even start reflecting who is my neighbor and who is the relationship that I need to see healing and transformation. So um, it was an honor to be here. And as before we close in prayer, Michelle, what a gift to be right here, inspired by faith. Amen. Let's pray. In the, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O most holy Trinity, I want to be completely transformed into your mercy and be your living reflection. Help me, O Lord, that my eyes may be merciful and that I may never suspect or judge from appearances, but look for what is beautiful in my neighbor's soul and come to their rescue. Help me that my ears may be merciful so that I may give heed to my neighbor's needs and not be indifferent to their pains and moanings. Help me, O Lord, that my tongue may be merciful so that I shall never speak negatively of my neighbor, but have a word of comfort and forgiveness for all. Help me, O Lord, that my hands may be merciful and filled with good deeds so that I may do only good to my neighbors and take upon myself the more difficult and toilsome task. Help me that my feet may be merciful so they may hurry to assist my neighbor Overcoming my own fatigue and weariness, my true rest is in the service of my neighbor. Help me, O Lord, that my heart may be merciful, so that I myself may feel all the sufferings of my neighbor. May your mercy, O Lord, rest upon me. Amen. Amen. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we thank you so much for joining us today on Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. We hope that this short program today will inspire you to reach out to your neighbor, to your friends, to your family, to be delighted in your womanhood and to become saints. Because, right, Emily, we're all called to that that extra step, that holiness. May we be ordinary, but with Christ, extraordinary. So absolutely, this is a privilege to be here at St. Gabriel. Thank you so much. God bless.